welcome back to another episode of Viola Backstage. Today, we have the honor of having Eddie Shepard on the podcast. Eddie Shepard began his Viola career by serving as the head swimming and diving coach, which then transitioned him into the position of Associate Athletic Director for Internal Operations. With this new role, he oversees two-thirds of the coaching and staff, as well as conducts checkups with the department's 300-plus student-athletes, showing his involvement and dedication within the Biola community. Furthermore, Shepard completed his Master's of Theology degree at Biola, which led him into a teaching career as a New Testament professor. So without further ado, welcome to Biola Backstage. Eddie, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. And thanks for rambling through all my titles. <laughs> oh, of course. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I had um, one of my friends is on the swim team and she's like, I think she took a New Testament class from you. She goes, you have to get Eddie Shepard on here. Like he is one of my favorite people. So little did you know, we're here now. <laughs> cool. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah fun to connect with Biola and and be such a part of it. Mm, I'm so glad. Okay, I have a couple questions I've compiled for you. Um, But the first one is, can you tell us a little bit about your journey that called you to Biola? um, Kind of how like you got involved with the school, your teaching role? Yeah, if you want to hit on that. Yeah, that'd be great. So I, I, I was actually a student at Biola. I graduated in 2004. Um, and before coming even, I transferred in. So Mm -hmm. I I kind of relate to a lot of transfer students and the challenges of trying to cram in all your Bible units and do all that. Um, But I had gone to a couple other community colleges and really just felt like I I was majoring in engineering. It was, I enjoyed kind of the, I like doing things, building things, making things, but Mm -hmm. I, I realized that I wanted to be an engineer because I thought I could make money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I, my heart wasn't in it. And I, I, I just felt like I, I started reading the Bible and, and um, I'd kind of um, been kind of growing in my faith. And I just felt like, gosh, there's so many things I don't understand when I read the Bible. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see these weird interactions that Jesus has with people. And I'm like, why, why did Jesus run away when they were excited and going to make him king or, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just thought, man, it would be really great to study that and just felt like kind of called to just learn more. And I felt like I, I found out about Biola. It was the only school I applied to transfer to. And I just felt like this is a place for me. And so I came here and I, I like vividly remember sitting in class um, early on in my career and just being like blown away by, I'd been in church for m- much of my life and just feeling like, how come we never talked about this stuff in church? Mm-hmm. And um, just feeling very like, kind of blessed to be sitting there learning this information. And, and that kind of just led my heart really to, to want to pursue, um, you know, teaching at this level. And at the same time, I was also a student athlete. And so I, God kind of works in mysterious ways. And um, I had been um, swimming and I actually was finishing up my swimming career. And the head coach had kind of talked with me about, hey, do you want to be an assistant coach? And I hadn't I hadn't really planned on being in coaching or in studying the Bible. And um, I was like, sure, I'll be an assistant coach next year because I was going to be around and it felt easy. And then he had some health problems like two weeks before school started. And so the athletic director called me up and said, we need a new head coach. And are you interested in being the head coach for the swim program? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I was like, it was definitely like in retrospect a God thing because um, at that time it was like a part-time position. And um, but it turned out to be something I loved. And. Um, working with student athletes in, in 
like just the even like as a faculty member, it's great because I get to, I get to engage with students academically. Mm-hmm. I get to, um, you know, be part of kind of what was exciting for me as a student of kind of like having these eye opening moments about the New Testament and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as a coach, like you get to do that for four, like you get to dive in with somebody's life for four years um, or, or two if they transfer, you know, two and a half or whatever it works out to be. But um, like you just could develop such deep relationships with your student athletes that it was really um, like such a blessing for me to get to experience that kind of unexpected, you know, as I wasn't, I didn't grow up thinking like, I want to be a swim coach or, I, you know. Um, so, yeah, so it was just really a blessing. So I coached for 13 years mm-hmm. um, as the, as the um, head swim coach and then um, finished up a couple degrees at Talbot and then um, started teaching um, in New Testament, which is funny because it's what kind of was the first thing that I just felt like this is really exciting, yeah. you know? So, um, and then as we transitioned, Biola transitioned athletically from the NAI, which was our affiliation before now, mm-hmm. into the NCAA Division Two. it was too hard. I was already doing some administrative work and it was too hard to do the administrative work and the coaching work. And so I had the opportunity to step into leadership in the athletic department as well. And um, yeah, that really became a neat opportunity for God to kind of allow me to be involved, not as closely and intimately with the individual student athlete lives, Mm -hmm. but more so over a lot of different programs and making sure that our whole experience for all our student athletes was what we're looking for in a place like Biola, where our staff are really invested in our student athletes and their spiritual development, their personal lives and all of those kind of things. So That was my four-minute clip to how I got here. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. It's so cool, like, from afar to see your journey, how you started out as a student and an athlete, and then how kind of God met you in that season, and then you just continued to kind of, it seems like, say yes, okay, Lord, like, I'm just going to do what you tell me, and then he led you into this, like, intimacy um, or this intimate season with these, like, students were able to pour into them. Um, as well as like get a degree in theology yep. mm-hmm. and then kind of pulled you a little bit further back from that into like a, um, more of a position where you oversee different operations and stuff. And so like you understand like the heart is there, you know, but you also are able to have this like skills where you can oversee things and direct. So it's so cool to see like that progressive um, journey that the Lord has taken you on. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really cool. And I would say even looking back on it, I think one of the things I tell people is like in the moment, I didn't realize God was doing, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I sure I said yes to what God put me for me, but really it was like, oh, this is a cool opportunity. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, you know, I didn't have this big plan or vision for it, but I just trusted God. And um, but looking back on it is when you really see God's hand working in it. And mm-hmm. so um, I think it's kind of a lesson for me, even as I've gotten older of like, it's sometimes amazing how much God is working in our lives. We don't even realize it. And then we look back on it and we're like, wow, I can see his fingerprints over everything that was going on there and didn't realize it was going to lead me to this amazing career that I have now when I took a part time position in, you know, 2004 to to coach, you know, Mm -hmm. so. That's so cool. I know, like, even in college, all of us are trying to plan out our lives and we're going to do this and this and be an engineer and have nothing to do with coaching and teaching um, the New Testament. But. I don't know, just there's something so cool about your story, as I said, just like that faithfulness of um, brought you into a season where you're able to like do kingdom work and impact students um, to a place that means a lot to you. So super cool. All right. Second question. Um, Before this, you kind of talked about how you were a swimmer here at Biola. And so 
as an athlete, past athlete, um, like when you were a swimmer, what got you through moments of discouragement um, in your performance and training? Because like as an athlete myself and having student, um, other fellow students that are athletes, I see like a bad performance can ruin their week or a bad yep. competition. Like how did you get past that? What brought you through that? What encouraged you yeah. for that? Yeah, that's a great question because I think it's something that we all struggle with, whether you're a student athlete or whether you have a bad test or, mm. you know, like it's just um, it, life is challenging. And so I would say that there's two things that come to mind for me. Um, the, the first one of those is really just about how I view myself. And I think over the years, swimming is a really challenging sport in that you're like head is in the water the whole time. You're mm-hmm. going back and forth in a pool that's 25 yards long. So you never <laughs> get anywhere. And at least like cross country running, you like can go out and be somewhere beautiful and you know, whatever, but yeah. you never get anywhere. Your coach just yells at you for three seconds while your head's out of the water. Um, and it, so it becomes really challenging, I think, in order to, like, you have to find self-motivation in order to be successful. Mm. Um, and, and so I think looking internally is really important for every student athlete, for, for all of us, really, to figure out, like, what motivates us, what drives us, where do I find joy in this? Is it because I, you know, like the endorphins of a really hard post-workout, is that where I find joy? Do I find joy in the, the competition side of things and racing? Do I find joy in the community of the team and the support I get from my teammates? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I'd be intentional about identifying what that is for you that, that motivates you and drives you so that when you do hit those low points where you don't, you, you, ha- you have a race that you were really looking forward to that you just you know, flop on or mm-hmm. um, that you're able to to, to, to to have perspective, that it's not just about that one race or that one performance or that one competition, but rather it's about the big picture of like, why am I doing this? What do I find joy in this? And obviously as, as Christians, some of that is rooted in our, our understanding of who we are as, as followers of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if we don't look inside first and realize like, okay, what is my motivation? Why do I do that? And then along with that, I think comes a lot of need for like positive Mm self-talk, you know, like, yeah. uh, Okay. That wasn't great, but I know I can do better than that. And Mm -hmm. it's okay. And I'm not defined by this performance, but I'm going to use this performance as motivation to help me be successful in the future. Um, So I think that's related. And then the second aspect of that, I think is really about team teamwork or teammates or like, even in the broader context, like having a community of people mm. that surround you and support you and what you do. And so when you have a bad swim and you have people that you know that care about you and trust you and love you, say, don't worry, like shake it off. It, you'll, you know, next time you get in the water, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so reassuring. And so I think developing those relationships is really important. And you have to be really intentional because it's not easy. And I know even as a, as a, a teacher, like I read a lot of, um, I read, I have 200 kids in my class every year. Mm-hmm. And um, my last project for them of the, of the semester is to write a reflection paper on how God has been working in their lives. Um, and I, I leave it intentionally very broad because I want them to just take time to reflect on like what, what is going on. And what I hear is that a lot of students, especially in the last couple of years, are just struggling with community mm. and they feel lonely because they feel like, hey, I, I don't have people that I connect with. I don't have people that care about me in, in the way that I want them to. And so um, so I, I, I say that as a, um, you know, for people who are experiencing that, it is, you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I say, like, it's really important to have community, 
Um, I think it's also important to realize if you don't, it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. You yeah. know, um, I think it's something that we should be striving for. Um, and I think be real intentional about. And I think the more that we can, and that's where, again, that like positive self-talk comes in of like, okay, I don't have the community that I want around me. Mm -hmm. How can I look at myself and see the value I have and, and convince myself that I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, risk putting, putting myself out there and being vulnerable. And, um, and, and I think that people will find when they're able to do that and, and do that in the security that they have in who they are in Christ and who they are in the, you know, the, 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 you know, son or daughter that God has made them, um, that they'll really find that that community is going to, you know, show up for them in ways that maybe they didn't even expect. So, mm. um, so that got me sidetracked a little bit on, <laughs> on that, but, um, but I do think to go back to your kind of the, the heart of your initial question, mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of it comes down to finding that confidence in yourself. Mm. Um, and, 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 and everybody's going to have to do it in a little bit of a different way. Um, but you have to be grounded in, in the truth of like who you really are and the value that you have as an individual. Mm, wow, I love that. I think it's so cool how you touch on community because as an athlete, when a performance doesn't go well, it's so easy to isolate yourself and to sit in those feelings. And like, yeah, there's a time to be sad and to be like, okay, I really didn't do my best. But when you isolate yourself and sit in those feelings, then your identity gets put in your performance and then you become only as good as your performance, yep. you know? And that just like from what I've experienced and it seems like from what you've seen and experienced as well, it just is a spiral downhill, you know? Yep. And it, there's really no truth in that. Like athletes are so much more than their performance. And um, it's, you need to recognize that like as an athlete yourself, because if it's all on you, you know, like you can't yep. carry that big burden yourself. Yep. You're not going to yep. be always consistent. You're not always, mm -hmm. not always going to have your best race or whatever it is, but yeah. 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 That's very wise. And there's, and, and the other side of the coin is, is as community members, it also puts an obligation on us when we see our teammates fail mm -hmm. <laughs> in quotes um, when we see our teammates fail, that we lift them up, yeah, right, and we remind them of how we view them. And th uh, the worst things I see are when when um, teammates make. And you see this from professional sports all the way down to like my nine year old son's, you know, some you know soccer team or yeah. whatever. Like somebody makes a mistake, and then somebody is getting on their case for it. Mm -hmm. And there's always a place for like, hey, like you weren't in the right spot, or you know. But um, when it's done in a way that's you know, demeaning or aggressive or non-productive. Um, I've never seen that turn out well, mm -hmm. you know? And so we have that obligation as, as I think, as, as community members to uplift those of us who you, you recognize, hey, this person is struggling and, mm -hmm. um, and I want to step alongside them and give them their space when they need it, but, but step alongside them and support them and remind them, hey, like you're a really important part of this team. Mm -hmm. And I know you made a mistake, but a, we all make mistakes, and B, that's not what defines your value to us, mm -hmm. you know. Wow. Um, I'm The next question, I kind of want to switch around a little bit to play off of that, but as a coach, did you see a lot of struggle in athletes, like, separating their identity from their performance? Like, did you find that a lot of athletes, like, they were just an athlete, and that's all they were? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You're totally right. Um, and I think what happens is, is they're raised, 
and, and they're, they're competing at this level because they're good at it, mm-hmm. right? You don't get to this level because you're mediocre at, at whatever your sport is. Yeah. And so, um, so much of what, you know, you've done, at, you know, through middle school and high school has been about your sport and you were probably good on your team at mm-hmm. it, you know? So people have reinforced how good you are. People have, it's, it's become part of who you are in your existence and in your life. And so as you come into your college career, um, you are more you more identify with your sport than you do with any other aspect of your experience here at Viola, mm. right? So you, you you that that is more important to you than and we try to you know push the value of academics and all those things, right. but at the heart of it, you know, seventy five to eighty five percent of our student athletes are here because they are competing in their sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what what I see that really come out the challenge of that is when there's an injury. Or when something comes out and that that individual now has to assess, like, who am I without my sport? Mm-hmm. Or when they graduate, you know, and they're done with their eligibility and, um, and, and have to ask the kind of, you know, the question of, like, how do I now change my identity so I'm not just Eddie the swimmer, mm-hmm. but now I'm Eddie the, you know, swim coach or I'm Eddie, whatever that next phase is for, for me, um, I think that is really where the challenge lies for that. And then, um, you know, all our coaches here at Biola are really trying to point our student athletes back to like root your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then if you lose some of that other stuff, if you lose, you, you have a career ending knee injury as a soccer player, you're, you're going to feel the loss. Like mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it, right? Like that is a loss, but, um, but you won't feel as lost because your identity is in something that's not going to change. Your identity is in something that is firm and transcendent and persistent. Um, and so you're going you're gonna to still go through a time where you have to realize, um, like, I, I need to grow in myself outside of my sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, it, but it's a lot better when, you're, when your motivation for it is, is, is rooted in Christ rather than in your own successes and in your own identity as, a, yeah. as an athlete. That's so cool. I know I see such um, athletes that are able to wrap their head around that of like, I, I right now, yes, like being an athlete is something I do. And a lot of who I am is because of that. But if that were to be ripped away from me, like I'm still who I am in Jesus. And so it's so cool to see athletes like able to wrap their head around that and realize like, despite the fact that they're not going to maybe be an athlete forever, this, these are like formative years, you know, yeah. when you're um, having to deal with loss, with injury, with team conflict, um, with push and drive and all that comes with a training um, to be the best athlete you can be. It really it really changes you and influences you for the better, honestly, yeah. if you're able to really press in um, to that, but also press into who you are at the same time yep. in the Lord. So yep. I think that that's super cool. Just like having the combination of that and realizing like, Hey, I am an athlete and all the experiences that come with it, despite that, like not being my main identity, it has really helped and grown me to the person I am now. So yeah. it's not all a waste, yep. you know? Yeah. So awesome. And then lastly, Eddie, I would love to know one piece of advice you have for Biola students. Ooh, that is such a great question. And you sent this to me ahead of time, and I've been thinking about it. And to say one piece of advice to me is like saying only eat one potato chip. Yeah. You know, it's like really Impossible. hard. Yeah, right? Um, especially those cheddar sour cream ones. Oh um, mm. <laughs> I just had some at the, the last yesterday. And I'm I was kidding. Like, hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I think my – honestly, 
I, I, as I was thinking about this, um, my heart really goes out as, as, as I think about the whole Biola community. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many of our students who think they are alone in what they are going through. Mm. Whether that is feeling depressed, feeling lonely, feeling anxious, feeling like they're disconnected with their family, they don't have friends. I mean, th- we could name a hundred different things. Um, and And we also have this idea on campus of like, I'm the only one going through this. Everybody else seems like they have it all together. Mm. And, and, and we walk around almost with kind of like a, you know, a porcelain facade on of like, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, you know, which is great. We want to be positive. We want to be encouraging. We want to lift each other up. But there's also maybe some other stuff going on a little deeper than that. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think s- students tend to get this mindset of like, I am in a place that nobody else can connect with me on and that nobody else understands and I'm the only one doing it. Everybody else here has it together. They're so they're so holy, they're so theologically mm-hmm. sound. They talk about predestination. I don't even know what that means. Whatever that is, right? Um, and and I I messed up on the weekend and I was out and I I did X Y and Z sin or what you know whatever it is. But um, I think I just want Biola students to know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like that there are so many of you that I hear about that are going through the same things you are, um, that have the same experiences, the same doubts, the same depression, the same uncertainty. Um, so you're not alone in that. And that everybody here wants to care for you, mm-hmm. want, you know, but, but we don't know you're hurting, you know, and that we don't know what you're going through. And so just um, I think my encouragement is, is just to find one person in your life who you feel like is the safest person you can go to to connect and to share with and to and that may be somebody on your floor or somebody that you know if you're a commuter that you meet in in the commuter lounge or whatever that looks like um, but just find somebody you can connect with and and in a safe way begin to be vulnerable with about those things that maybe aren't on the surface right mm-hmm. that are that are a little bit deeper and I think you'll find if you can challenge yourself and push yourself to do that and to get out of your shell a little bit in that um, that not only are you are you going to feel better because you're going to realize you're not alone in what you're going through, um, but you're also going to feel that your shared experiences with other people are going to really just help you grow out of those things mm. um, and overcome those things. So my word of advice is really to just be vulnerable, connect with people, um, and allow yourself to be part of this community in a way that is truly transformative because I've seen it do amazing things. Um, but the challenge is, is when you aren't able to, to when, when you're, it's scary to put yourself out there and be vulnerable, um, then um, that overcoming that fear is really hard. So my encouragement is to dig down, to be brave, and to be vulnerable. Wow. I love that so much. It's crazy. Like, um, a couple times this past week, one of my friends will say something, and then five other ones, I kid you not, is like, oh my gosh, I was too afraid to say that, but I've been feeling the same thing. Yep. And so... It, I, that's like a solid piece of advice. I mean, I'm going to take it to heart and to practice as well. Um, because also when we keep things in the dark, that's when the enemy can twist them the most yep. and um, can use them to his advantage the most. So we're meant to carry each other's burdens, to walk with each other as as the body of Christ and as teammates, you know, even as what you were talking about. Yep. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, Eddie. I appreciate that. My pleasure. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Biola Backstage. Once again, I'm Hayden Avakian, your host, and we will see you in two weeks.